welcome to the Investment Cuddle. I'm Gary, and on today's podcast, we're going to pick up the second episode on our series of alternatives, or as we've classed them, Terry alternatives. So we're going to look at the next couple of questions that we posed ourselves in this series. So previously, we looked at what funds were out there and have been launched in the last five years and have a similar investment style to the Fundsmith Equity Fund. And then we said, well, actually, can you mirror a strategy for yourselves like that? And we went through how you would do that. So that was in the previous episode. And today, we really want to get into the alternative fund that may or may not perform well in the future, but also perhaps have done reasonably well over the last five years. It's been quite an interesting five years. If you kind of look at the five years from 2018, where in the December there was a significant drop in the stock market, and then 19 was slightly more cheery, and obviously 2021, and with 22 as it came out of the pandemic, lots of funds lost lots of money last year. And as we sit in 2023, it's a little bit of a confusing situation with the tech companies doing well. Lots of people calling that a bubble. So bubbles generally tend to pop. So when's that likely to happen? And will interest rates and persistent inflation exacerbate the bubble to burst? We don't know. So we pose ourselves the question, Find the top three investment funds that have outperformed the market over the last five years and invest in high quality companies. So just to recap there, we said the Fundsmith Equity Fund philosophy, if you like, is to buy good companies, don't overpay for those companies or do nothing. So here we're looking at funds that outperform the market and companies that are high quality. So the sorts of companies that the Fundsmith Equity Fund has looked at and continues to look at. So the first fund that we'll look at, and again, please remember this is not investment advice. This is, as some say, for entertainment. I'll let you be the judge of that. And information purposes only, anything around investment needs a little bit of thought. And also depends on the individual. Why They always say you must know the person if you're given advice. And that's where financial advisors come in. But our first fund today is Artemis UK Select. So that's Artemis, A-R-T-E-M-I-S, UK Select. And so we're looking at the class I accumulation. So that's in GBP or Great British Pounds. So what do we know about this fund? So this is a unit trust. And this fund is a £1.6 billion fund launched in 1998, has 53 holdings, pays a dividend, about 2.9% paid annually. So the ongoing charges on this fund are 0.84%. That doesn't include your platform fee if you're the platform purchasing this. How's it got on over the last five years? Well, in 2018, it lost money. In 19, it also lost money. 2020 through to 21, it grew 
more than 60%. Then into 21 and 22, lost again about 10%. And this year is up about 11.5%. So net positive on that because of the performance in, well, in the middle, in right in the middle of the pandemic. So let's look at some more information on this. If we look at the holdings, so the top five holdings on this, BP at 6%, 3i Group at just under 6%, Barclays 5%, Shell almost 5%, Royal Bank of Scotland, and there's a few others in the top 10. But what does that give us? That gives us, in terms of sectors, banks at the top, travel and leisure, investment company and brokerage services, non-renewable energy, and retailers complete the top five. 95% of this fund is based in the UK, with a little bit in Spain, Ireland, and they've got some in non-classified as well as direct property and REITs, so um, real estate investment trusts, for those of you that don't know REITs. Quite a different selection of companies and sectors there when you compare it to the Fundsmith Equity Fund as well as Blue Whale as well. So that was Artemis UK Select. So the next fund we want to look at of this group that outperformed the market in the last five years is Fidelity Special Situations. So this one's Class W accumulation. So what do we know about this fund? So this is a £2.8 billion fund. Sorry, I should say this is also priced in GBP, Great British Pounds. It's got 103 holdings, so a few more than either the Fundsmith Equity Fund or Artemis. It was launched back in 1979, so slightly older than us on this show, who are all, as you know, 27. So it does pay an annual dividend. And so ongoing charges on this fund are 0.9%. So a little bit more than the Artemis Fund, but obviously that doesn't include platform charges either. So performance-wise, it was down in 2018 and again heavily down in 2020. Had a significant uplift 2020, almost 42% there. And then last year it was up just about 1.5% and this year similar. So it's interesting because I think you turn around and say the last two years, well, that's not very, very much increase. But actually, when you consider lots of funds were down double digits last year, being positive in a year is actually really impressive for the 2022 year. And this year, if you're not within the tech company, if you're making any kind of gains, again, personal preference here or personal view is that's really quite impressive. So net positive over five years. So again, we'll look at the top five holdings. And number one is Fidelity Offshore Institutional Liquidity, which is a Class A US dollar fund. So this is a this is a fund within a fund, which is always fun. But we've not really talked funds of funds yet, so not in any great detail. So we'll leave that one there. Almost six percent of the of the fund. Number two is Imperial Brands, a tobacco company. For those of you not familiar with Imperial Brands, Roche Holdings. Number three, that's both of those two, Imperial Brands and Roche, are about 4%. DCC's 35 and Serco Group is, again, 3.5% of the fund. 
So that puts them in the industrial sector, industrial support services, cash and equivalents, life insurance, banks, and non-renewable energy. So a little bit of similarity there between them and Artemis. 65% of their holdings are in the UK. Cash and equivalent is about 11%. Then they've got some in Ireland, Switzerland, Austria, and a few other parts of Europe. So again, very different sectors and holdings to our benchmark, let's call it. This is it's called the Fundsmith Alternative Fund as a benchmark at the moment. We, we've used that fund as a benchmark for many years simply because it's been very difficult to beat. And why not have a target that you can't beat or you're trying to beat? Because if you can beat it, then you must be doing something right. So that was Fidelity Special Situations. And the last one of this group about ones that outperform the market in the last five years is TM Red Wheel UK Equity Income. So I think the obvious one here is when you're thinking about funds that outperform, normally the UK market isn't one you'd think of as outperforming. And so none of these three picks here are really to turn around and say they are they are stellar performers or they're not, but they are the funds that came out of the research when we said set ourselves a challenge of funds that beat the market. And I guess what you're saying is over the five-year period we set, if you've made 50 or 60% in a single year, despite losses either side of that, you're going to outperform the market potentially. So it's an interesting perspective, I think, on the UK market. Everybody's talking about the UK market being cheap. There's some high dividends being paid because the share prices are so so low relative to other other markets. So, yeah, interesting market, the UK. So let's see what TM Red Wheel UK equity income class R accumulation has got to offer. So this is an OIC, open-ended investment company, almost 500 million pounds in size 27 holdings so very similar to blue whale fundsmith equity those kind of funds as we said three and five percent of each holding within a fund gets you in that region so this was launched in 2018 so a little bit newer didn't come up as part of that search where we were looking for funds launched in the last five years and have a similar investment style these guys pay a quarterly dividend. The historic yield on that is 3.6%. So quarterly is quite nice if you're a dividend fan because you get paid on a regular basis. So obviously the first year there, 2018, they were launched. They didn't have any performance figures because they hadn't completed a, a full year. And then in 19, they lost 18 plus percent, then made 40 in 2020, unsurprisingly. So there's these three funds here. You can see a pattern here in terms of performance. They were up 2.8% last year. Again, not stellar in terms of our double digit, but it wasn't double digit negative. And that, I think, for last year is a really good performance. And again, this year, these guys are up almost 6%. And that, again, is not a bad performance if you're not buying AI companies or companies related to that field. So charges on this one, similar to the previous fund, they're 0.8%, but there is an initial charge of 5% on this fund, which 
I always struggle with because you don't really want to be paying 5% up front on your initial outlay. But that's a story for another time. So what are these guys holding? 8% of their fund is BP, 6% is Shell. They've got Pearson's at 6%, Marks and Spencer Group at 6%, and Centrica at 5.5%. Different sectors there to the benchmark, but that puts them in non-renewable energy at almost 20% of the fund. Media is 15 Banks, 13 Retailers, 12 Telecommunication Service Providers is at 5%. 83% of this fund is in the UK, with almost 5% in the US, some in France. They've got some cash and equivalent, and then there's a little bit in Canada and the Far East. So, again, different jurisdictions there, very different set of sectors, as we said, and companies. These three funds, I think, it's fair to say, they've all had stellar performances in one year in the last five years, not in any other. And that's what skewed the, you know, it's not a steady performance. But the last five years has been really challenging. And these guys have been in areas like energy that have turned a corner. Then that's not that surprising. And actually from a deficit in 2023 to a recovery, you know, looking at single year, you would see that kind of stellar performance. So that is TM Red Wheel UK equity income. So if none of those whetted your appetite, we set ourselves another question. And this one was, find alternative investment funds to the Fundsmith Equity Fund that will perform better over the coming 10 years and provide a balance between growth and value stocks, as well as keeping the management fees to a minimum. So, as you know, management fees are a pain, it's a bit like tax or death and taxes. They're, inevit- they're, they're, they're almost unavoidable apart from that's not quite true. But accumulation of management fees over time is a killer, as we said about compound interest. But the point being, that's quite a challenge. So we went on was it eBay and Amazon, other purchasing platforms are available and we googled uh, crystal ball and we bought a range of crystal balls and we gazed into these crystal balls and found a whole number of investment funds to look at but joke it aside we've had a look at some research as we said before research is the key especially as this is a very individual thing in terms of buying funds stocks etc and you're putting your own money in them. So we found some funds, and we've kept it to three in this instance, that have done pretty well in comparison to the benchmark over the last five years. But of course, past performance, as you've probably heard before, is no guarantee of future performance, (laughs) which I laugh because you find that just fantastic every time. Whoever's selling whatever they're selling to you points out the fact that it may not perform in the future like it performed in the past. I think I'm living proof of that. The older model is not quite as quick as the uh, younger model, et cetera, et cetera. So that, that is uh, taken as read, hopefully. So moving swiftly on, our first fund here is 
Guard Cap Global Equity. And Guard Cap Global Equity invests in a concentrated portfolio of about 26 high quality companies. And these companies have growth potential and competitive advantages. All the things that we talked about with regard to the philosophy of that benchmark fund that we're talking about. The fund has a low turnover and a long term horizon, five to 10 years. The charges on this one are about 0.9%, so slightly lower than the benchmark. But let's have a little closer look at what this fund is all about. The one we're looking at is, is the Guard Cap Global Equity Fund, which is in pounds, GBP, Great British Pounds. So, so the fund is 2.6 billion pounds at the moment with a dividend paid about 0.4%. So nothing to get desperately excited about. It's got a split of about 75% large cap companies, then 24% mid cap and small caps is a few percent of that as a total. 5% in the UK, just over 30% in Europe, 50% of it is in North America, 5% in Japan, and the same in emerging markets. So performance-wise, over the last five years, 2018, they made modest performance of 7%, double-digit in 2019, only 24%. 2020, that was also double-digit, 14%. Then 2021 made 20%, and last year lost almost 9 So net positive over those five years, modestly down or quite significantly down, you would argue, in 2022, but lots of funds were due to the state of the market. But accumulation over that period is net positive, as we said. So the asset allocation on these, this particular fund. So it's got booking holdings incorporated at just over 7%. CME Group, about 6%. Novo Nordisk at 6% as well. Alphabet, at five, just over 5%. MasterCard, just under 5 So a bit of a mix in there as well for this guard cap fund. But you're looking at quite strong in healthcare, consumer defensive, financial services, consumer cyclicals, little bit of basic materials and communication services, industrials, technologies in there as well. Could this perform well over the next 10 years? It's possible, (laughs) which is not very helpful, is it? But essentially, it's got the elements in there that would deal with inflation. It's got some defensive elements. It's got some what they're classing as sensitive elements, technology, industry, industrials, energy, tiny little bit of energy, though. That's not going to move the dial at all. Communication services and then cyclical. Well, if you're going to see interest rates going up, financial services, consumer cyclical items, basic materials, all of those are going to go up in price with inflation. So it's got what I would consider to be a good balance in there across those companies. And yes, it suffered last year, but lots of funds did. And if they didn't, they're not performing necessarily as well this year as 
those that have got the, the tech element in there or the, the, the companies associated with artificial intelligence. So interesting option, that one. So the next fund on our list here is Stonehenge, not Stonehenge, but Stonehenge Fleming Global Best Ideas. So this is very, very much considered a defensive fund. And what do we mean by that? Well, we're saying, you know, like we said, with the defensive sectors on the previous fund, you're looking at things like consumer defensive, healthcare, utilities, those kind of areas where they might not do brilliantly in the good years, but they're a good place to be when the years are not so good, if that makes sense. And so it's got a portfolio similar size to the baseline and to guard cap we've just reviewed. They take an interest in companies with strong balance sheets, high returns on capital, and durable franchises. Charges on this are around 0.8%, so again, slightly lower than the benchmark. So let's have a little closer look at Stone Hague. So we're looking at the Class D, and that's an income version of this fund. So it's a $2.25 billion fund. That's in US dollars. The holdings, we think at the moment, about 28. And this is an OIC, so open-ended investment company. There is an initial charge on this fund, which again, not a fan of. So launched in 2013. So just and just about the 10-year mark for this fund. It's got an annual dividend on this fund. When you look at how it's performed, well, it was double-digit in 18, double-digit in 19, double-digit in 20, down a little bit in 2022, about 4%. So down only modestly last year. And this year is pretty flat, to be fair. So we talked about performance there. So what are these guys holding? So the top five, Microsoft, Alphabet Inc., Louis Vuitton, Visa, Cadence Design Systems Inc. This gives them sectors around software and computer science, about 20%, personal goods, 16 17% there, medical equipment and services, about the same, industrial support services at 12%, and pharmaceuticals and biotechnology at just over four in that top five of sectors. So no surprise with those company holdings, about 70% in the US, just over 14% in France, a little bit in Ireland, Japan, and the Netherlands completes the top five. So that a little bit more, you could argue, along the lines of US-based, much similar to the baseline, but still, again, different (laughs) which is always confusing same not really it's different but closer i would say than than the other funds we've looked at so far so that was stone hague fleming global best ideas equity so last on our list is sea learn world growth so this fund we believe has a similar approach to stock selection when you compare it against the benchmark. It's got around 30 holdings looking at high-quality businesses that have a sustainable competitive advantage, high returns, 
on that invested capital and low or no net debt, no mean feat in this in this uh, current environment. The fund's charges are around 1%, so slightly higher than the benchmark, but it's within the ballpark. And again, that's not looking at platform fees as a total there. So just be mindful of those. So what do we know about C-Learn? What a fund size is 1.9 billion GBP, so Great British Pounds. It's an accumulation fund launched in 2006. So it's been around a reasonable length of time. There's an initial charge on this of 5%. But moving swiftly on from that, and we'll look at the performance of this fund. So 2018, 1.6%, 35% in 2019, 27% in 2020, 28% in 2021, down 30% last year, 2022, and then year to date, it's up 23%. So that's quite similar to a lot of funds that have recovered really hard this year, but actually not have not recovered the loss from last year. They're, they're close, but they're not fully recovered. So, again, that's the differential there when you think about funds that were up a couple of percent last year and not down 30 and maybe up 2% this year. Look at that with regard to the down 30, up 20, 23, 24. Actually, they're down seven, whereas the other guys are up three, four percent. It is their total. You're looking around and actually saying that's still a differential of double digit growth with the guys that look like they're not doing that well. It's because preservation of capital, as our friend Mr. McCullough at Hedge Eye will tell you, is king. Don't lose your capital. He doesn't plan to. I'm not sure we're in the same boat, but. You know, the idea is there and it's and it's a valid one. So top five holdings, Microsoft at nearly seven percent, MasterCard, Dassault Systems just over five, West Pharma Services again just over five percent, and Nike coming in at just over five percent. So that gives them thirty eight percent of the portfolio in healthcare, thirty four information technology, consumer discretionary at just under 10, and then financials at 6%, and communication services at just over 4%. And 68% of the portfolio is in the US, not surprising, I suspect, given those companies. Europe, 15%, Switzerland, 7%, Denmark, 5%, and the UK coming in at about 2.5% in terms of geographic location. So an interesting fund, again, that's much more uh, akin to C-Learn world growth because they're a little bit more focused on the US, which again is more akin to the, the benchmark. So Blue Whale that we looked at last time, we're not going into Blue Whale today. So if you want to know about them, have a listen to the podcast or have a look at the, the Blue Whale fact sheet on their site. All very interesting funds from my perspective because they're all similar but subtly different. And will these guys, you know, the last two certainly we've looked at, will these guys outperform the benchmark over the next 10 years? 
well, if these guys do well, the benchmark will also do really well. And then I think it will be nip and tuck around which specific companies are the outperformers in the market cycle over those 10 years. But all of those funds that are based on the US market, I think if the US market does well, which is no reason why it shouldn't do going forward, will do well. And consequently, if they don't do quite as well, they'll all have similar performance, I think, because these are all looking at companies with good balance sheets and growth prospects. So you've got to follow the cycle. And that's the economic cycle. And that's where we don't know over the next 10 years quite how the economic cycle is going to go. If it is going to be persistent inflation, if it is going to be look, looking at companies with good earnings, certainly the last three based in the US, if those companies are providing the goods there, these will all do well. The other ones that, that we looked at today, energy, if you think energy is going to do well in the next 10 years, based on what's happening with prices and has happened with prices recently, I think the energy market has woken up. And if we've got persistent inflation and the energy transition, and if you want to know anything about renewable energy or non-renewables, have a look at our episodes we've done most recently on renewable energy, or you can find out all you need to know there. But ultimately, that's another way of playing it. And you could look at maybe one or two of these funds to give yourself a bit more diversification and hedge your bets because we don't genuinely know. And I know I joked earlier about crystal balls, but we don't know how this is going to play out. But in an era with higher interest rates, higher base rates, higher cost of capital, companies with large debt, and no earnings are not going to do that well, I suspect, whereas other companies will. And I think when you look at our benchmark, there will be periods where, and there have been periods where that group of companies, that fund has not done that well. And then as the cycle moves round, the economic cycle moves round, that whole fund has just jumped in price and then maybe held for a while dropped a little, and then gone the next leg. Nothing goes up in straight lines. So don't ever believe that with the market. So one of these things with the market is patience. Steve Priestley from Invest Talk got a lot of time for their content they put out. And Steve always says the key is to get rich slowly, and that requires patience. None of these funds that we've looked at today are a silver bullet by any means. But hopefully that's given you at least half a dozen funds there that are worth a look in terms of what next. And if you don't like what's next, the Fundsmith Equity Fund remains to, to us a good fund with the right philosophy and with the right people in charge of it. So the market is always a scary place to put your money if you don't understand it. But if you're at least going with people where you can see the whites of their eyes at the annual general meeting and listen to what they've got to say and make your own mind up on these things, which is all that we did in the, in the initial instance of getting involved with Fundsmith because we'd never heard of that fund. 
And okay, we are talking <laughs> 10 plus years ago, but we'd never heard of it. And various people said to me, it can't have performance like that. Something's wrong. It's got to be a scam. And you're thinking, well, they could be right. <laughs> so, you know, do your research. We, we always say this. It's boring in some respects, but it is fundamental to working that out before you put, as uh, Grant Williams says, one of our other favorite podcasts, Grant Williams podcast, he'll say, do your research before putting a dime of your money in any of these crazy markets. So hopefully that's been useful in terms of looking at what funds to invest in over the long term and over this next five or 10 year period. We'll put the fund links in the show notes. And again, if you like what we're doing or you would like us to look at something else, let us know. If you can rate and review the podcast, that really helps. And thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. This programme has been presented for information and educational purposes only. None of the information or content of the programme is to be taken as an offer, opinion or recommendation by the programme's hosts or guests to buy or sell securities, nor is it intended to provide legal, tax, accounting, commercial or financial advice. Opinions and comments are based on information from sources believed to be reliable. All investing involves risk as prices go up or down based on a number of factors. Always consider consulting a financial professional before investing.